I was connected to podcasts. It was literally my university on wheels. And I felt that I had a show in me. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And I didn't want to rush it out until I felt kind of called to do it. So I remember having a moment. It's kind of like a come to God moment or a surrender moment of just like, hey, put me in the right position to, to do something or make a difference or to inspire however you feel fit. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Get ready to hear at least one way to attract more loyal listeners and profit from your podcast. Remember, though, none of what we say can help you if you don't take action. So let's make it easy. If you're new to the show, go to nextstepnation.com slash listener for show notes and a free podcast budget worksheet. For our loyal listeners who want to stop dabbling and start dominating, visit nextstepnation.com slash get started to learn more about how we can help you hit your targets in the next 100 days. Now here's the show. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, host of Next Step Nation, where we help podcasters and YouTubers with vision become preeminent thought leaders in their industries. You are about to have the incredible opportunity to listen as we dig into the why, who, and what of a podcaster show. Then at the end, we'll identify one powerful how, one action that he can take for results in the next 30 days. I am so excited to welcome Mike DeChocho, host of Mike'd Up. Mike, welcome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Honored to be here. Oh, well, thanks for being here. Mike'd Up has released 85 episodes from November 4th of 2019 until the day of this recording, which is June 14th of 2021. Mike is the founder of Social Chameleon, a podcast production, distribution, and marketing company. He leads with a service above self mentality, seeking ways that he can make a positive change within his community and in the world. He is the host of Mike'd Up, a podcast with a mission to help inspire people to be brave and bold in pursuit of their dreams. Hey, Mike, why did you start my Mike'd Up? Why did you start your show? Yeah. So again, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on. Really, so it goes um, back to being a consumer of podcasts first. So an audience member, right? And I was in business and driving around a lot for customer appointments or meeting new clients and networking when I when I worked in corporate America. So I was connected to podcasts. It was literally my university on wheels. And I felt that I had a show in me. I just didn't know what it was going to be. And I didn't want to rush it out until I felt kind of called to do it. So I remember having a moment. It's kind of like a come to God moment or a surrender moment of just like, hey, put me in the right position to to do something or make a difference or to inspire however you feel fit, right? Kind of just talking to the universe, talking to God. And I felt this this tug and I knew the show wasn't supposed to be about me, right? Like it was like, get out of the way and let people shine. And what, what I wanted the show to be about, and which is, as you just listed it, was to help inspire people to be brave and bold in pursuit of their dreams, because that's the value I was getting from listening to shows. And I wanted to help um, have another platform to do that. Cause I feel like there's so much negative news and things in the world that kind of, um, can take us down. We need more stuff that's going to lift us up. So, uh, I just, I knew so many people that were great entrepreneurs and business leaders, and I just felt, I want to let them shine, give them a platform. And there's so many people out there that are thinking about getting started, that it's kind of that 
Launching Point podcast to listen to other people who've done it to inspire you to tell your story and go do what your greatness is, what you're called to do. Mm, I love that. And I have to ask you, okay, so first of all, uh, Mike helps people start podcasts and produce podcasts and some of that promotion work as well, which is great. Cool. It's like you record it, we we take care of the rest, right? Isn't that what yeah. you, yeah. And so, which you I press just, record, we do the rest. There you go. There you go. So I have to ask you, you know, I've helped people start podcasts and I help podcasters who already have a podcast. They'll come to me and, and get help. Um, and I have to ask you, cause one of my favorite things, and um, it's so fascinating to me that no matter how experienced or how impressed I am by a podcaster, if they're just starting out a show, they're terrified of that first interview. Have you found that to be true? Mine was interesting because the person who I asked to be my first guest was a friend of mine at the time who we were meeting and we were evaluating. She was helping me kind of organize my business. She's a great organization. Like that's what she does. She helps businesses out, go in and set up structures and systems and processes. And I'm just like, go mode. Like I have an idea. I'm just going to run with it. And I might go in a squiggly line for 17 days when she would just be like, the door's open. You could have just walked right there. <laughs> so she was like listening to me and knew that my business, Social Chameleon, previous to being a podcast production company was actually a media and marketing company first. Mm -hmm. We did everything from social media marketing, building websites, helping you get to the first page of Google, testimonial videos, you name it. It was too many, too many options. And so we were talking about podcasting and she, she saw me like helping people that had an idea and I was helping them implement it with all my clients. And she was like, why don't you do the thing that's in your heart? She knew I had this idea to podcast. So she sent me like some YouTube videos and some gear uh, recommendations. She didn't have her own show. It was just kind of a friend saying, stop. I don't, is it okay if I use a, a vulgar word? Yeah. But stop being <laughs> yeah. a little B basically. Stop being a yeah. little B. And, uh, but she, she, you know, used the PG 13 version. And I was like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're freaking right. I'm going to go do it. So I literally bought the gear and everything before I even had any yeses for the show. Um, and then I, I listed out like a list of 20 people who I wanted to be on the show. And it was the best feeling in the world because they all said, yes, sales, mm. you're not used to getting 20 yeses in a row. And I was like, everybody <laughs> yeah. loves to talk and collaborate and they already knew me and liked me. But a lot of the people on that list were reaches up. Like mm -hmm. I, Robert Sisla Jr., who was Grant Cardone's cameraman for many years and like the guy who was behind the scenes making all Grant's content pop. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you know Robert Sisla. He's the dude with like the spiky hair. But I just happened to connect with him and sent him a message. And he was like, yeah, let's roll, brother. And he has like 150,000 Instagram followers, which I'm not saying I'm just, you know, was chasing that necessarily, but he was someone who had an interesting story. I, I saw a post on Facebook that he was in a middle school inspiring people. He actually was um, homeless for three years, this guy I'm oh, talking wow. about. And now his business produces like multiple hundred thousand dollar years, annual salary. Like he's really doing well. So I wanted to tell, that's a story that would be unmiked up, by the way, that comeback story, that positive influence, right? He says yes to it. And then I just kind of said, well, I'm going to ask everybody that I feel would be a good guess. And I haven't turned around and looked back. I haven't had anybody tell me no until this day, 85 episodes in. Mm -hmm. To answer your question, episode one was my friend Jackie, who was helping me, who gave me the recommendation to, to get launched, said, stop being a little bitch. I said, well, guess what? You're going to be guest number one. 
uh, because let's share your story. And she had a really cool story too. Um, and it's funny because I've watched that interview recently and I wasn't terrible. I wasn't bad. I actually was pretty solid for my first one. A lot of people said, oh, you were like natural. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel called to do this. I really do. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll just say one thing really quick that's funny is when I was a, when I was little, I actually was very shy and not talkative, believe it or not. Um, I'm the youngest of three. And my the middle child, my older brother, was he's a stand-up comedian. He was always getting in front of the camera and making mom and dad laugh. My sister's the oldest. She was the smartest one, always getting good grades. And I just kind of was like, I'm just going to stay out of trouble. So for many years, I was like a mute. And then by like fifth grade, I was getting written on all my report cards. He doesn't shut up. He doesn't stop talking. (laughs) Like we got to put him in the corner and time out. And something just happened to me. Like once I got a little bit of confidence, I just was able to shine. And it's kind of funny that now I, I do this and I enjoy being on both sides of the conversation. So yeah, that's how I got started. Jackie told me to do it. And I said, you're going to be my guest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a great way to do it. I know a lot of times when I'm coaching someone and mentoring them, uh, I end up being their first guest because it's, yeah, I, and I like to interview them. So it's like, it's like the best of both worlds. I get to ask them mm-hmm. questions and they still get to be the hero. And then, uh, and it's a good first one, but then that second one is sometimes a little bit tougher for them to do, but I love yeah. your story. And I, and I think that it really shows that just by stepping out and raising the bar, I love that you said that, that you're really reaching out when you, when it came to those 20 that you wrote down. And that, yeah. that list is so powerful because then mm-hmm. you have an action plan. Like there's a, there's a path between you uh-huh. and getting those interviews. That's why I bought the gear. I committed to it and I was going to figure out how to do it no matter what. At that point, I wasn't an audio engineer at all. I was doing, you know, some audio work with the videos that we produced and everything, but I wasn't doing podcasting like Mm -hmm. I am today. So it was a new skill I learned, which was actually kind of neat. And I just, anyone listening, I want that to be inspirational to you that just because you don't know a skill today, you don't know 18 months later where you could be because I've, it's incredible the growth I've seen since I decided to do this personally, professionally, the connections I've made. I mean, those 85 guests I have on my show are now friends of mine. They're in Mm -hmm. my phone. We text, we, you know, I feel like every year I should start doing an annual mic'd up event where everyone can get together or something because we're all like part of a community. Like mic'd up live. (laughs) Yeah. Like mic'd up meetup. Mic'd up meetup. Jeez. You there you go. Tiffany, uh, the check is in the mail. <laughs> no, I actually off air. I was telling Tiffany, I just wanted to commend you on how professional you were setting up this interview because oh. I've done it myself. And again, on both sides of it. And um, a lot of time it's like, okay, I'll see you in three and a half weeks at 11 o'clock in the morning. And there's like no follow up. You're like, are you still doing your thing? Is this actually <laughs> happening? And you were like making sure I was here and on point and ready to rock and roll. So that Aww. was really well done. Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment coming from another podcast from, um, you know, producer. I'm not really a producer, but I produce the content after, but another podcast pro, I really appreciate that. Well, let's move on to, I want to talk about the why, who, and what of your podcast. So we talked Mm -hmm. a little bit about why you started it, but one of the things I think is a trap that's, and I'm, you probably, I'm sure you haven't. So I'm, I'm excited to hear your answer, but the I've found that to be sustainable, it's really important that we understand what we're going to get out of it. And while it's really, you know, it's wonderful to meet these people and lift them up and make these friends, 
what is it that you see yourself, uh, and, and you've been podcasting long enough, so you might have a sense of it, but what do you want out of your podcast? Like, what does it do? F- like, how does it pay you back? Yeah. So one of the things I did tell myself before I start is that whether or not it monetized, I knew I was on purpose to do it and I was going to ride with it. So that is, I'd say if someone is doing it to monetize first, either a business is coming to you and saying, we want to do it because we're going to monetize it, or you're trying to think I need to make X X amount of money each month to do it. And it's based on the, the money behind it. That'll drive you only so far. So the thing is, I really did feel I had I wanted to do this platform, and I'm not a, a, a scholarly journalist or anything. I didn't study that in school. I studied the production side of it, but I just felt I really enjoyed peeling the layers back with people and getting real with them. And I was kind of doing that when I would meet someone for a cup of coffee, or um, a Zoom call, even before the pandemic. I mean, we were I was zooming previous to this. I know a lot of people now <laughs> learn learn the skill because of the pandemic. But what I'll say is. I would meet someone for a cup of coffee and then get to know them and almost like interview them. And I feel like the, there's like a fly on the wall benefited from our conversation, but we would leave and go our happy, merry ways and go on with the rest of business for the day. And then unfortunately that awesome conversation is just gone. Hmm. I benefited from listening to them and maybe hopefully they benefited from me in some way, but it happened and it was gone. So I just thought, man, that we could record these. And if if one person tuning in can benefit from it, it's worth it to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I would take the hour to do it if it's only one person tuning in. And I've been honored to, to know that the numbers are better than that, which is great. Um, and the other reason I do it is, you know, like I said, is to, to offer that platform to people who, who want to share more about their story. Because I think a lot of times people... It's the first question you hear is, what do you do? You know, you go to a networking event. It's like, what do you do, man? And, oh, I sell insurance or I'm a car salesman or I started, I sell these trinkets. And it's all about the product and the service, not the person. And really, to me, the most important thing I care about is the person. And um, I will say, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but one of the compliments I continue to receive is that people come on my show and they're so used to just talking about their trinket or whatever they do the value they bring, no one asks them about them. And I'll literally Mm. go back and be like, okay, imagine you're like 10 years old and you can ask the universe to do be anybody you can. And you're 42 now. What, what was it that you were looking for? And they're like, I haven't thought about it. And you just see people turn in their little kids again when they get into their story. I love it. And so that's what I love. And I had a woman actually who, uh, she was on radio for like 15 years. So she was interviewing and she had been interviewed and she was just a professional in that space, radio entertainment. And I connected with her through her husband. I never had met her. And he just said, Hey, I think my wife would be good on your show. And at that point, it was really early on. I read her bio. It sounded interesting. Come on the show. We interview, it's going smoothly. And I got a, uh, like a, not a handwritten letter, but a really nice, thoughtful email. It was, it was thought through that she didn't just send it and say, it was great being on your show. And she said, I've been doing radio for like 15 years in the Rocky Mountain region. And coming on your show was the most comfortable and fun I've ever had. Oh. And I only share that because if someone's a little nervous to get started, you're not that far away from someone telling that to you. Like, hey, mm-hmm. being on your show, that that made my week. or That made that was special to me that I got to come on and connect with you. And I just feel like people realize that I do care and I'm not mm. just trying to get the ratings and stuff. And um, 
you know, it's both. I want it to be entertaining and valuable to the person tuning in, but I also feel like I'm the first audience member when someone comes on. I take a ton of notes. You'll see me with my notebook in the corner of the screen, and I'm learning because uh, that's what's cool. Like when you come in connection with all these people, the reason we're doing it is to to learn, grow, help someone out, and. I would love nothing more than to be in line at a grocery store in five years and get a tap on my shoulder and someone say, Hey, I listened to your show and be, I'm, it was the interview with you and Tiffany or whatever. And man, it just made me think about things differently. And now look at, look at where I'm at because of that. And it's like, wow, mm, yeah. that's what it's about. You know? Yeah, for sure. No, I totally understand. So I have to ask, do, have you been able to monetize? Yes. And not in a direct, like, you do X on Monday and Y happens Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting, my situation's unorganized in a way of monetizing. Like I said, I didn't set it up that way intentionally, but check this out. So I launched in November of 2019. In December, one of my clients who I did a testimonial video hired me to do their podcast for them. And it was only because I started and launched an email that said, hey, I'm doing this show. This is what it's about. I literally had four episodes out, not a ton of content. And they said their board of directors was interested in doing this. So I had a conversation with them before you know it, I'm producing their show. It's remote. They didn't live in the same city. So we're not meeting for coffee to go over their show. Everything's through Zoom or Google Drive or Dropbox. And I'm producing it behind the scene. At that time, the team was me, myself, and I. And uh, that's when I started to like fall in love with producing shows, right? So it, it literally monetized in that way. That was at that point in time, December of 2020, before the whole world went haywire, I had signed my biggest deal. I don't know that they knew that, but to me, and I'm willing to admit, that was my biggest deal. I had done other things that were maybe bigger over a long period of time, but this was what, what's great about podcasts is you can, they signed up for the whole year. They paid mm -hmm. me for the year and not just for one episode. And so um, I was like, okay, you know, it just was a reminder that I'm doing the right thing because now I felt like I was finally getting compensated handsomely for it. Yeah. I, again, so I would say, yes, I monetized there. And then since doing that in the, the many episodes I've done, some of them have become clients, some of my guests. I don't interview people with the intention to sell them anything afterwards, but sometimes it happens naturally. Mm -hmm. And I've had a ton of people who met me through the show, send me their friends uh, or connection usually it's on LinkedIn and that person's interested in starting a show and I monetize it that way. So, okay. um, yeah, I think my show is kind of a marquee in a sense of this is what Mike's able to do, especially because I put so much love and care into it. Mm -hmm. You know, you've seen some of the work I've done yeah. with the micro content. I enjoy it. So that's why it's even easier for me to put the extra TLC, but, uh, when people see it, then I go like, yeah, I could do this for you too, which mm -hmm. is a good place to be in. Well, one thing I want to just point out, because a lot of times I mentioned earlier that a lot of times we as podcasters are like, oh, we just want to help the world. I've got this message. I'm going to help all these people. Sure. Uh, and, you know, monetization should not be your first thing. Otherwise, this mm -hmm. could be a terrible show. You know, we talk a lot about um, imposter syndrome, right? And how a lot of times that will stop people from wanting to have a show or be a guest on a certain shows, things like yeah. that. And I, I honest, and this is an epiphany just today. So maybe you, you'll have a different view on it, but I feel like the best way to beat imposter syndrome is don't be an imposter, like just be you, <laughs> but you don't oh have God. to be 
like, don't act like you're amazing. Cause then you're going to be weird. And yet if you're just you, you're going to be amazing because naturally yeah. people have their sphere of genius. And so it's just going to burst through, like, don't feel like you're less than, you know, instead of calling it imposter syndrome, we need a different word where it's like, we don't feel like enough, you know, just yeah. as who we are. And instead, I, cause I believe me, I see enough people who should feel like they have imposter syndrome, you know, it's like, and, and not necessarily in any group. Like I, That's I just, funny. Lately, I never I've thought about it, more. but you're so, it's so true. Yeah. And so back to my original point, which is that to start with money in mind is a terrible, terrible way to do it. However, mm-hmm. if you ignore the money, it's not sustainable. And I yeah. and listening to your story, cause at first I'm like, Oh man, you've been doing this a long time and you don't care about the money. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you've got to profit from it because you have a team. And that's really what separates, I've seen anyway, what separates it from, I get to help people forever and I don't need anything else out of it. But the fact of the matter is, is it gets exhausting if you can't have people doing the parts that you're not strong at. Would you agree with that? Or what are your thoughts? I totally agree. I mean, look, at the end of the day, if, if, you know, and that's why I separated it from my business and didn't know that it was going to develop into that. So again, my intention for starting the show was not that Social Chameleon could develop into or have the iteration of a podcast production company. It ha- that happened naturally, and mm. it, it was a comfortable move for us. But um, absolutely, at the end of the day, you, you need to make a profit. Look, and I'm a father, so look, I, you know, as much as I would do the, a lot of the stuff I do for free, like I have in the early trenches and in, in the days working twelve hour days and not seeing anything from it, I happily will do that. But look if you're doing what you love anyways, there's a compensation behind it. Mm -hmm. There's people who get paid to play sports and gymnastics and things they love. I don't think they're going to say, you know, because I love it, I'm not going to take an income. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I do feel like um, you should be compensated properly for it. And I was, I'm blessed to say that I had the opportunity to do that. And really that client came to me and made me hit me over the head with the frying pan and said, "Daw." It's right here in front of your face. And a lot of times I need that because there can be an opportunity in front of me. And I've joked and if someone's tuning in to hear me and maybe they heard me tell this before, but I had a little bit of the dumb and dumber moment. If you remember, uh, what is it, Lloyd? And what's the other guy's name? But it's it's Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey, obviously. And they're on this like dirt path road at the end of the movie. And this bus comes up to them and it's a bus of bikini models. And they're like, hey, we're looking for two boys that can come on tour with us. We're oil boys, right? And they, they go, oh, there's a town two miles down that way. I'm sure you'll be <laughs> able to find someone of quality. And then they look at each other and they go, did you realize what we just did? And they chase the bus down. And then they tell them it's two miles that way, right? So I was a little smarter than them. And I realized when the, when the client came to me uh, to produce her show, at first I was trying to help them learn how to do it. And they were like, ah, we want you to do it. And so I was like, oh, light bulb. But absolutely. At, at the end of the day, you, you got to, you know, not only be passionate about the product or service, you have to be passionate about the profit too. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a team, they're relying on you to grow. So they're not just mm-hmm. being paid small time in the, you know, forever. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. Well, and at least pay attention to it. I don't, you know, I don't know if you have to be passionate about it, but I think definitely pay attention to it at some point. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Well, let's talk, let's talk some about your who. So we're going to talk about two sides of it. One, I have to ask, how do you decide who's going to be on your show? 
Man, again, not to sound corny, but I have been super blessed with people reaching out to me once I got it off and running. That list of 20 people in the beginning was really about all I've, the time I spent prospecting. A lot of people, and I do a ton of networking, and now it's all virtual networking, just meeting really qualified people. Um, and then I get it you know, sent to me. And recently I have hired... Um, Mary on my team is PR, and that's actually how Tiffany and I got connected. She, one of the many tasks she does is kind of scope out really good opportunities for me, both ways for me to go on a show and for me to get people on my show. So I'm going to give credit where it's due. But really just being out there and doing the show has, and again, I'm encouraging people, like, if you're afraid that you're not going to have enough juice, like what I mean is guests to keep the thing up and floating, um, it, if you just stay too confined, that may be true, but I never had a problem with meeting a ton of people. And in, in there, there's always some gold and just meeting the right people. Um, I'm to the point now kind of where you're talking about focusing on profit, not being only in love with it, where uh, I, something I think is, is important to share is, you know, I've been doing this a long time, so I'm not necessarily looking for anyone to just come and shoot the, you know what, on the show, because I'm not to sound like I've arrived or anything, because I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm not just looking to talk to talk. I want to have value for the audience. And a lot of times people, there's been times when it's like, I don't know what we're, you're not really the right fit for the show. And that's not to be disrespectful to the person. So I just say to other podcasters, remember that I, you have a mission, whatever it is. And so if someone tunes into your show and it's just you talking, just like sports radio, I've tuned into that before in the past and I'm expecting to get an update and the guys are talking about a movie they saw on Friday. And it's like, what are you guys talking about? You're way off out of line. <laughs> so I would say, um, you know, I, I, I've been blessed with people who come to me and also I just know when it's, hey, maybe we just do like a one-on-one Zoom call or eventually you can be on the show and it's no disrespect. I just want to make sure I have really strong stories. So when people mm. tune in, they're going to keep tuning in. And it's, it's crazy. I mean, uh, on the flip of that, just how you kind of talked about don't start your show to monetize yet. It needs to be something you do care about. Um, I will say if you're only chasing Instagram followers or getting an influencer on your show, that could be a mistake too, because they can come on and be flat. Maybe they don't have the right, they don't gel with you. And so you're like, oh, they're going to prom promote this. And not everybody even does. Like someone mm -hmm. can come on your show and be an influencer, but that doesn't mean they're going to give you a love after the show. Because remember, they've probably been on a hundred shows. So it's not that uh, exciting in that way. Where someone who maybe it's their second or third opportunity, they might promote the heck out of it. Right. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say on this is I've, you know, sometimes I've said yes to someone where the business side of me was like, I don't know, it's not a good fit. But the story side of me said, this this looks like it could be really good. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'll say it's not the biggest names on my show. I've had some people who like one woman is now she's got a Netflix show with um, Jamie Foxx, Portia Coleman. Uh, she, her show does great. You know, she she's doing great. But like, I've had people on that don't have that big of a following, but it's like the second or third listen to show because the content's really good. Mm, so that's so true. That's it's not so always the big name is my point. I'm taking forever to spit that out. <laughs> um, I've no, been surprised good. interviewing someone going, I don't know if there's a show here. And then <laughs> an hour later, I'm going, 
oh my God, I'm blown away. I've literally yeah. had my jaw on the ground at the end of some of the stories people have told me about what they've been through in life. And I'm like, I never knew that was coming out of this person. Well, so, and I, and awesome. I think that that speaks to, okay, this is one thing I actually, you'll see, I take notes uh, if you're watching the video, but just, if you're listening, just know, like I'm sitting here taking notes as we go, because at the end, I start talking about the things that I think you're doing well, and then some areas of opportunity. But, um, and one of the things that a couple of times have occur has occurred to me is you must have a really strong vision, not only for your show, but like the outcome. And that's, that really refers to the next question I'm going to ask you, but this whole idea of delivering an audience promise because it, having the vision means you're going to attract the right people who will be mm -hmm. reaching out to you to do it. So it's like, you're the one with the, the compass and you know where North is and it's going to attract people who want to go North. You know, people mm -hmm. who want to go South aren't going to probably follow you <laughs> unless you sure. start going South. But have you, let me, let me ask you too, uh, have you identified your ideal audience? Like, do you know who your target audience is as far as listeners? Yeah, it's a little tough. I feel like if you hear the word niche, pick a niche, because I think that's um, gonna that would help someone grow. Because if you're specifically talk about one topic or area, like if you and I want to talk about fantasy football, I know there's a ton of that's a huge space in itself. But if we picked a team and we picked an area of topic or something, then you're gonna find people. You're gonna build a really quick following because there's gonna be people that resonate with that. One of one, I guess, one of the mistakes I feel like maybe I made is it's a little bit too open. I've identified it as typically entrepreneurial thinkers. Doesn't have to be someone who is a leader or their own business uh, that they launch their own business, but typically that's where a lot of the stories go, and it's a lot of comeback stories. So that still leaves it to almost anybody, like feel good stories. Um, but typically, it's going to be people who are looking to challenge themselves, their mindset personal growth and development. And I know there's a huge space for that. Uh, and, and so I would say, yes, I have, but I still know it's a huge scope. Mm -hmm. So if I was doing my show to monetize it, I certainly would have tightened that down and maybe just talked about a really niche topic for entrepreneurs that it could be, you know, just, just kind of the buzz is there, but that's not what I want my show to be about. I want it to be more open about uh, getting to know the person and kind of peeling back the layers of it. So yeah, I would say kind of the big three would be business, entrepreneurship, and personal development. Okay. So um, yeah, one thing I found too, and, and you kind of mentioned it, it is, is it does address audience growth as well. And before the show, there was the question, like, do we talk about monetization on the hot seat or we talk, do we talk about preeminence? And we chose, like, we're going to talk about preeminence. So I always mm -hmm. feel like becoming preeminent monetization has something to do with that. So we sure. always end up talking about it, but when it comes to audience growth, um, you know, understanding the audience, I feel like is so important because um, because of the next thing I'm going to bring up, which is understanding what problem that you solve for them. So I, I like how you're saying that you talk about, you know, comeback and mindset and things like that. Um, and I, 
and I could be wrong. Um, this is where, like I told you before we started recording, I'm always nervous about doing the hot seat. Cause I have to, you know, when I'm a, when I'm a host of like normal shows, I can just talk about the stuff that feels good, but sometimes I have to like ask these weird questions. So, um, but I always presume like, just always presume positive intent. Like I, I yeah. believe you're doing amazing, <laughs> but right. I just have some real questions for you right now, if that's okay. <laughs> I, I'll just say when you told me we're going to do the hot seat model <laughs> and the fact that it's going to be some questions that are digging deep and literally may make challenging, not just the fluffy stuff. I'm excited. I, okay, I'm good. good to be challenged. <laughs> I'm someone who, if I'm doing it at 90% and something you say to me in this interview can make me think about doing it at a hundred percent, then I'm exactly. happy. So I, you're not going to embarrass me, challenge me or whatever. I want to learn and grow unless, you, unless it's ill intent, <laughs> which you told me it's not. So it's, it's not. <laughs> well, and also I love that you said that because, you know, Sometimes people come on the show and they're like, I have done 10 episodes, you know, and so mm -hmm. we're talking about really fundamental things. Mm -hmm. You know, you're coming on the show, you've got amazing branding, your sound is awesome. You know, I've got this whole list of things that you're doing really, really well. So anything that we're going to dig into is going to take you from amazing to more amazing. And, right. and we all want more of an audience. And you answered that, you know, in fact, just in the last couple of days, we were communicating some more about like, what is your number one challenge? And you did say like, mm -hmm. I want to grow my audience a little bit faster. Like it's growing, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I expect it to grow faster, <laughs> you know, like yeah. a good, like a good entrepreneur that we are, we always want more faster. More. So, yeah. um, with that in mind, I just want to dig a little bit more into the audience. Um, and I'm feeling like you're, uh, it, it takes a lot of boldness and courage to say, this is my audience because we feel like, we're excluding people or that, you know, really this is for everybody. One mm -hmm. time I had a presentation by someone who does skincare and I was like, well, who, who is this perfect for? And she's like, anybody with skin. And I'm like, well, no, I'm pretty sure my husband is not going to like this, you know? Yeah. And I know Good your point. topic really is about mindset, but really looking at who, who needs these comeback stories the most, because like, imagine if you were to go right to them and say, you know, if you are struggling, you know, you knowing this is a terribly worded, so you would never word it like this, but like something to the effect of if you're this person and you are struggling with this, if you listen to our show over the course of the year, this is what I would imagine. This is the transformation that you're going to see. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? I think that's the struggle I'm running into. I'm glad you said it is because it's hard to identify. You don't know who needs to hear the message, but there are people out there, certainly even larger than the reach I have now that can really benefit from the message. I mean, one of the things I talk about on my show, I ask people, hey, because I'm telling you, some of the people I've had on the show have dealt with personal loss, have dealt with personal, um, literally physical things that have happened to their body where they've come back, people that were told they're going to lose legs, limbs, go through multiple bouts of cancer, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's really been an incredible show. But I ask them, talk to the person right now, who feels like all hope is lost. The the light is blinking, you know, it's like literally like, you know, when, when it feels like it's going to go out and there's that last little drop of hope, what would you tell that person? Mm. And that's the kind of stuff. And like, I know there's people listening that that's going to help them based on the response. I've had people come up to me at church and just say like, Hey, I, I love your show. And like, I didn't even know they knew I had a show. You know mm, what I'm saying? So yeah. that's really cool. Um, not that it's like a, I'm going to sign an autograph or anything crazy, but it's just a matter of like 
I never thought of this woman as someone who could be driving to the grocery store, picking her kid up at soccer practice and she's digging my show. Like that's a really cool thing. Um, So you don't, that's, I think the tough part with my show is you don't know who's going to need to hear it necessarily, but I do feel like everyone can benefit from it in some way, not to sound like trying to, trying to pitch the show, but it really, I, I would say if someone actually gave me an hour, my guest the hour to listen to their story. I, I I would challenge someone to say that was a total waste of time. I mean, then you just don't have a heart. You don't have a pause because. <laughs> and you shouldn't be listening about, to my show because I don't want yeah, that kind of people it, it, listening. It, you know, it's just, it's supposed to allow you to resonate. What we're really looking to do is the things we talk about. We encourage people to apply to themselves in their own way. Everyone has their own story. So we say like, if there's different things you learn from me and from the guest, please like take it and and use it for your Mm -hmm. own good. Um, Then we feel like we actually are helping out, you know, people, people throughout the world. So that's really what it's about. I want to say one other thing on prior thought you had about you commending me for being vulnerable and willing to grow and say, I don't have it. I'll figure it out. We're talking about podcasting. I'm a podcasting production company. Look, we're always looking to get improve and get better realize the best the best business people athletes entrepreneurs you name it they're always learning and growing Mm. like the steve jobs of the world you know whoever it is that you idolize in in that positioning or whatever in a good way i mean that uh, they're reading 50 books a year Mm -hmm. they are not they're not they don't feel they've had it figured out yet so i would say I mean, look, I'm I'm nowhere near. I'm still in chapter two. If I have a 10, <laughs> 10 or 15 page story to tell, I feel like I'm in chapter two right now. Yeah. God God willing, I get to have the longer life to to leave the bigger legacy. But I, I know where I'm at. And I think that's important. But yeah. also I am happy to always learn, grow. And I think it's a problem if someone has that complex of I'm here and who are you to tell me? Because guess what? Everybody can learn and grow. Well, and I think, you know, and I don't want to, I feel like I'm always the worst with other people who produce podcasts and stuff. Cause we could just like, I could just talk about all this stuff all day. I just yeah. want to add one more thing. Cause you totally made me think of this is that, you know, even as I'm asking you these things and you're being vulnerable and, you know, if someone's listening, they're probably thinking, I was just imagining they're thinking that, that was not that big of a deal. <laughs> But I'm just telling you, like you get out there, record, play it for the public and then have somebody challenge your why or, you know, it feels different when it's you than it is somebody else. And the fact that Mm -hmm. that you're like, yeah, I know I want to grow. I want to do that. But I've honestly I've never had someone say, I don't want to talk about this, but I can feel it when people are uncomfortable. Like I know that it, Mm -hmm. I don't care who we are. There's a spot in us. We're creators, you know, and someone just told us our baby's ugly. And and even if that's not what they said, if they just said like, Oh, you know, your show's great. So why did you do that one thing? That one episode we're like, Oh my gosh, they hate my show. You know, the tone tone is a little (laughs) off and maybe mean it, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is true. And that's good though. If someone feels that, that means you actually care. So I'd say, you you know, that that's a good sign. It's okay to feel that. But it's (laughs) also to, to realize that, um, like, you know, it's healthy to learn, grow and adapt and, and want to go even and further. Like who, yeah. who, I mean, 
Okay. I would hope that everybody wants to get a little bit better every day, right? In some way. hundred percent. Okay. So I have a couple more. I have one more question when it comes to the who and well, it kind of also goes into the what, and then we'll go right into the what. Um, sure. I'm going to kind of buzz through these a little bit faster so that we can get to that last part. I promised you, you know, number one, I'd be prepared. Number two, that I would give you an actionable step. <laughs> and so I want to make sure I deliver on that promise. And okay. you also get to, you know, talk to your daughter. So, you know, you have a life as well. So I want to make sure you get to those important things in life as well. So, um, first I just want to ask, like, how do you measure whether you're expanding your audience? That being the goal that we're talking about right now, how do you judge that you're winning at that? Yeah, I think the the cool thing with podcasts too, is if you want to get geeked out, I use Libsyn and mm-hmm. it's something that I use for my clients too. I know there's many others, but I really do like their stat, uh, just checking out the stats on it. So you can see, um, I do want to say I do that more so with my clients to see kind of what their to- topics are, whether it's guests, topics, or, you know, anything in between. But typically, that's where I'm monitoring. I'm a little bit harder on my clients just to see where we're at than I am myself. Again, because I don't know if this is going to sound wrong, but I don't I care about the numbers because mm-hmm. I want to see the numbers grow. But if I have a show that's just an amazing guests and a beautiful story. And it, you know, and I feel so good that I got it out and it has one third of what the usual shows get to it. It just, again, it could be a number of things. Um, I've, I've released shows on holidays before cause it's called, I do mic'd up Mondays. So it just worked itself because of the M's. And so Monday was, uh, like uh, Memorial day. So my episode of Memorial day didn't perform really well. Cause what mm. are people doing on Memorial day? They're not, out, they're not probably going to the gym that day. They're out at the barbecue with their family and they're not going to have headphones in. So <laughs> does everyone released, want to listen to this show with me? <laughs> it could be Chris, it could be Christmas day and you're, I'm releasing mic'd up and it's like, but I realized the thing is those shows usually trickle. Mm-hmm. So the initial put, it, it, you got to be careful that you don't over because you can have a show that does really good on day one and then it fizzles out. Like maybe that person promoted the heck out of it. So it looks really good. Mm-hmm. But then, so I usually do like literally a year mm-hmm. and I know I've, I've been like a year and a half, but I look back at anything that's been out for like a little over six months to the year. And that I think is a better indication of what people are actually going to find after it's out. Mm-hmm. But I do the same process for all my releases. I do uh, you know, like the IGTV release, I do a one to two minute promo. So everybody's getting that. I do it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, yeah. LinkedIn. I'm not, a, I, I'm on TikTok. I'm just not active on it yet. So I know that that's something I need to challenge myself to do. But my point is like, I put it all out there very similar for each show. Um, and I do monitor, like monitor it, Mm-hmm. But I'm not so, I don't beat myself so much if, if someone gets, you know, double the listens or something. Sometimes it, it, it could be, you know, feel feel good, but then mm-hmm. the other person might at the end of the year have more because people were searching it over time. Yeah. I'm not totally into the vanity metrics on my own show, but I do know, obviously, they're important. Just like monetizing it, you want to make sure it's growing. Well, it's a um, benchmark. I mean, they're not even fully reliable so, but they are reliable enough that we can see trends. So I think that's really good. Where do you, now I see that, um, so do you have show notes for your show? 
I do show notes for my show. It's typically more so um, like a summary. It's not the the super detail. Like I do more of that. We do more of that for clients than I do where, for my own show. Where do you keep them? Yeah. So typically um, you, you're talking about where people can read them. Yeah. Like do you go? Or like do how you, do I organize it? Do it on our end. Do you put, no, not the um, execution of it, but how can someone find them? Are they on a, on a website or are they on the RSS feed? Yeah, I usually do everything on RSS. I did have a website for Mic'd Up that I decided I just turned it into a link tree because I, I I thought to myself and I realized for my show, the number one thing I want people to do is listen to it, like to go there and find it and figure out, um, make their choice how they want to consume it. So they can pick from a top, you know, on link tree, I don't want to give them 47 options. So there's about 10 different ways they can tune in. So it's got all the popular ones, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, um, Amazon, you know, Google, and then also YouTube. So I, I, I like personally listening to or watching podcasts, but I know not everybody does. I wanted it to be visual as well um, so they can go on there. But yeah, everything with my show notes is, is clickable for the guest so people can find their website and their social. And then I do everything tagged, obviously. Um, okay. So you'll find it that way. But I, what we do is we offer timestamps for our clients as well. Um, you know, so that's something if someone wants to dive into the conversation at seven minutes and 32 seconds, you can click on it and get there. Exactly. So mm-hmm. what, um, now I, I saw your website, uh, socialchameleon.us, and there isn't a podcast link on there. Is there, like, I know you mentioned earlier that you really started them separately, but yet found that they're really good together is have you were you deliberate and like I don't want it on there because or what are your thoughts about that so I'm not I'm not sure because when you go to the home page there's two spots that you you see um a list of the podcasts that we've produced and my show is on there so I don't oh, know gotcha. if for some reason it's not showing but you you no. can click right on that and then you can get through to my show Perfect. Yes, I did yeah. see that. I did see the hour shows. I just meant like on the navigation bar, but sometimes there could just be too many links and uh, because I it's did on the other clean page. it up. I, I think at one point I just had mic'd up was on there too. Um, but then I decided instead of having my show soloed out, yeah. especially because it's on the business page, the business isn't about the mic you know, I'm saying the mic show or mic'd up. It's more so showing how we can help you and then who we've helped out. And I'm one of the other, you know, shows that are on there too. That makes total sense. That makes yeah. total sense to me. So, um, awesome. So, okay. I'm, I want to move into the next part, but I keep seeing questions like, wait, I can't skip this question. So <laughs> what have been the most effective ways that you've attracted listeners and, and well, and viewers, cause you do YouTube, uh, so far. Yeah, it, it would be, I'd say making a really strong connection, um, with the guest, not only just interviewing and I'm thank you so much. Goodbye. Talk to you later. That'd be like going on a date and just not having any after like, Hey, I'm how, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to call you next? What's the next move? Mm-hmm. So setting the expectations. So I'd say one of the things I have done well is keeping connection with the guests and not just be like, thanks for your time. Goodbye. Uh, and then typically, you know, I don't only do it for this, but I've noticed it does help with them promoting the show. Obviously mm-hmm. I send a nice email out with all the links so they know how it's click through. Um, you know, and then it's just copy and paste for them if they want to do a post. I, since I'm creating the content anyway, I share it with them kind of in the back end of it. So then they have an option to, 
you know, obviously, you know, with algorithms and social media, it's better if they post it on their own page, not just share someone else's post typically. So I provide all the content to someone so they can do their own organic post. Okay. You know, so, so that's to me, I, I feel like not everybody does it, but it's, I, I want to put the ammunition in their hands if they want to promote it like crazy. Yeah. Well, and it depends too, don't you find who's sharing it and things like that? Because sometimes the the sharing and then the sharing of the sharing uh, oh, yeah. kind of no can more. also create synergy. And I don't, those algorithms, I don't, you know, they're so annoying. Like, <laughs> I just yeah, feel like I wish we knew the secret sauce behind them, but it seems like sometimes if we, you know, if people are sharing it, it seems like it creates more synergy because then other people not in our network are seeing it. Or, you know, I'm I mean, not saying not to share it. I'm saying like the person who's the guest, it's better. Like if they post it on their page, then there's a good chance that the people who like their content that's organically posted on their page will see it then opposed to just a share of my content. So if they organically it. post it and tag me in it, I noticed that that has helped out. But so like, for example, one of, one of the guests I had on, um, when called out Natalia Berdikian. She's awesome. Uh, she's originally from Moscow and she's traveled the world like so many different times. Uh, I forget the number. It was like six times, six major changes. Like at one point she was living in the States in California. And so she just has this like unique network of people that she's made over time and she's growing on social media. And this is a good example of someone who, you know, you don't know what, what's going to happen, but it's one of my recently top downloaded shows because she asked me like for the full version to put on her YouTube channel. Right. And she also promoted the uh, promo on her YouTube channel with a click through link to the full episode on my channel. Mm. So my, my channel page got a lot of hits on that. And she also put out a really thought thoughtful email where she broke down the episode in her own words and then linked to it. So oh, she wow. went back and it like her being on my show, she told me numerous times too how much it meant to her. And we talked mm-hmm. about things that nobody ever asked her about. Again, it just, you know, uh, that she didn't expect to dive as deep as we went. And then all of a sudden, you know, and she even said, I'm going back to see my father. She talked about not having a connection to her father growing up. Mm-hmm. Maybe something we talked about in there made her think when I go back home, I'm going to actually confront my dad. And it was like, wow. Wow. Like, but yeah, and, and so that would be, you know, how do I how do I get a little more action on on one or in particular? I would just say staying connected with your guests. And not everybody who's listening maybe is interviewing someone, right? So I would say uh, if you don't have guests or other people coming on the show, then number one thing, and this goes for anybody, is engaging with the actual listener. So if someone likes your post on any platform, um, you know, or, or writes a comment, like there's, it's inexcusable to not respond or, or write back to someone. If, so giving you some, if you're giving someone some love, don't take that for granted. Or if they're giving you love, don't take it for granted, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. That's so good. I love that. I actually was like making notes for my own processes going, oh my gosh. Um, you know, we've, we've really toyed with that whole sending the content. I had been, what I had read before was always, you know, sharing it and then getting it shared again. But I do, I just agree with you. There's so much value in sending that content, especially the way that, uh, especially creating value to the guest and creating, um, I just wrote it down. I think I said it better. Like you really create a connection with the guest and what you've talked about. 
um, mm-hmm. creating meaning. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> like, where's yeah. my note? I just wrote it down. Like you really create meaning from that episode with a guest. And of course they're going to share it. You won't even, you know, it's going to be a no brainer for them and not that you're trying to manipulate them to share it, but no, uh, if but if they really enjoyed anyway. it, a lot of times the, the reason people don't share stuff after they're on your show, talking to our audience, mm-hmm. most likely is not because they didn't have a good time or see value. Just remember, they're going in a hundred different directions like you are. So if you don't get them something until three days after they're on your show or four days, or it comes out in six months, so they're not even thinking about it now because you said, hey, it's out today. And there was no follow, like any connections in that period of time, they're off and on to the next thing. Not saying they're not saying screw you they're just not present in the in that thought process anymore so um i would just say yeah timing is is, has a lot to do with it too and and how you go about it and uh you know again putting a little extra care and love into it uh, people will recognize it i've had you know i know people go on a lot of shows and sometimes there's no follow-through on it so i just say if you're one of many opportunities for someone who goes on a lot of podcasts ask yourself this, this is something that I'm recently taking more time evaluating is how are you different? How are you better? Mm. Right? So our people, I think consistency is so important in podcasting, but I think too many people live and die by it. Meaning they'll just, oh yeah, I'm consistent. I do it every week and I just, I get it out there with little kind of thought into the value process, but then they just get a bunch of guests rolling on their show and don't build the, the relationship. And then when it comes time to promote, there's a less likelihood that someone's even going to care about it. Cause it's just like, wham, bam, you know, thank you, ma'am. Like yeah. you just came on the show and gave me your time. Thanks. Goodbye. So I feel like it's as valuable. If you actually built a genuine connection, that should be someone now who could be in your circle of influence. I just interviewed a guy the other day. I was like, I uh, just blown away by it. And I said, you're the kind of dude I want to, consistently be talking to like we Mm. should be talking once a month and he agreed and we're getting coffee we actually end up he's a buffalo guy which is pretty rare for my guests i don't only interview people here but i said dude you know you're someone who we should be in a mastermind group together yeah Mm. i'm looking to start one too right so i'm sure when his episode comes out he's going to give me more love than usual yeah not doing it for that but that's going to happen i'm sure um And the same thing with Natalia is like after the interview, she had a ton of questions and wanted some help with certain things. And I was willing to take the five, 10 minutes a day, maybe that to help her out with a few things. And then when she wanted to promote the show, that's the keyword. She wanted to do it. I Mm -hmm. wasn't giving Mm -hmm. her an assignment. Um, But yeah, just ask yourself, hell, if you're doing it, are you literally just doing it to be busy podcasting or are you actually doing it because you want to be great at whatever you do? Right. Uh, if podcasting is your second thing to your main business, which in most cases it is, mm-hmm. um, why don't you do it at the same level that you do your other thing? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, it's not monetizing. Okay, well, that's definitely not if you're giving a half-ass effort, right? Yeah, so exactly. I just say um, that'd be my number one question. Is like, and it, it it could be unintentional. It mm-hmm. could be someone like myself. I'm consistent. One of the if someone says, how do you grow your show to where it is? And it's, again, not even where I'm, I'm, I'm not happy with it, right? We're always looking to grow as entrepreneurs. But the number one answer is really consistency. Mm. But if I only was consistent and didn't do all the other stuff, no way, no way would it be anything that's close to what it is, right? So consistency is part of it. 
mm-hmm. but then it's it's what you do with that you know it's got to be more than just that because you know we all have the same access to the internet it's what you do with the information right, right. it's not it's not that like oh tiffany's privileged because she has google well <laughs> she doesn't use it she doesn't do anything with it well it doesn't go anywhere right so yeah. We all have the privilege to be able to, at a low cost, launch a show, but it's what you do with it that's important. Not that you do it. Nobody cares that you have the episodes out. It's when they land on your show, is it special at all? Mm. I mean, what, what, how are you different? Right. Right. So people don't have a lot of time and they want to feel like it's time well spent. So, yeah, they're knocking on your door saying, do something for me. And if you're just like, thanks for showing up, I'm going to give you, half effort it just they're not coming back for more um i had another thought i just wanted to throw and i think it's it's slipping my mind but just a matter of yeah like again you are uh put your best forward when when, with whatever you're doing and it's just nobody cares i'd rather have someone take the extra time and energy and maybe release a show every other week or something Mm -hmm. if it's actually going to be done well instead of just vomiting content because we <laughs> definitely don't need more content. We need more creative, mm-hmm. thought-provoking, engaging content. I remember what I was going to say is I think one of the reasons that my space in particular is a little bit more challenging to come out and grow in, there's so many great people in it. Mm-hmm. There's Lewis House, there's Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, there's Ed Milet and all the guys that I was inspired listening to them to even start my show. So if you can go listen to, to Lewis or one of the guys who, you know, they have Bob Proctor on their show or uh, Dr. Joe or all these, these guys who are like, you know, they're pulling in a million views themselves kind of a thing. Right. Well, okay. The answer is you said it earlier. You are yourself, be you and be authentically you. And there's a quote, I think it's Oliver Oscar Wilde, maybe if, if it's right, it's be you, everyone else is taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's Oscar Wilde. And it's so true. Be you, everyone else is taken. So uh, I'm not Lewis. I'm not Gary. I'm not uh, going to you know try to be Gary and be overambitious and every other words. Yeah, I'm, that's his thing. And, and people connect with it because he's real. He's mm-hmm. not being fake. He's not being a character. I That's him being genuine. Yeah. Um, so I think when people actually do turn into my show, that's one of the benefits is that they're getting me. It's real. I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm not fake about being a level 100 when I'm a level 42. And I think it's hard for people to, I'm just picking numbers, but I think it's hard for people to get real with themselves and realize it's okay. You have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this a year and a half. Lewis has a thousand episodes out. Mm-hmm. I would love to be on his show and have him on my show, but I just realized He's got a thousand guests out and like, it's an A-list show, right? Mm -hmm. So that's great. That inspires me. Instead of discouraging, that should inspire you, right? Right. Well, and too, I think with what you're saying about having the content be what we focus on and not, you know, half-assing it, I think it's really important to keep that in mind because you spend all, everyone's worried about getting people to their show when really they should be more concerned with keeping them on their show. Like they want, Mm -hmm. you know, having them listen over. It's a lot harder to, you know, both can be hard. You know, if you're not paying attention to one or the other, Mm -hmm. you're going to be missing out. So, so really putting effort into making sure the show's great. I, in my world, that's why audience is so important. Knowing the audience, knowing what the audience promises so that at the beginning of the show, we're saying, Hey, 
this is what you're going to hear. Um, this is, you know, the transformation we want to see in you because of it. Um, but there are a lot of ways to do that. One really quick, just technical question. And then we have more time for discussion, but, um, social media, what link do you send people to when you're on social media? I send them to a link tree, which is free. Um, and then that way they can consume the content, however they choose. So uh, obviously on Instagram, unless it's changed, they still allow you only one link in your bio. So Mm -hmm. that's why that was a created concept. Something that I think just came out this week as we record this, I'm going to double check the date because I forget, but it's June 14th as we record, right? So I noticed that um, something I saw a big mistake people were making was they post on Instagram and then they would put like a link to something in the post and it's not it was never clickable i think it's clickable now which is a huge breakthrough so if you're listening to this try it again because i just saw someone they're promoting an interview i did with them and i was like oh man they put the link in there no one can click it then i was able to click it it was weird that is double check it life changing i I know so (laughs) that's why i wanted to say it (laughs) let's see i know this is unconfirmed let me just say are you checking it I am As looking we're it recording. up, but I, it's not coming up easy. So I'll go ahead and look that up and put that in the show notes. Well, if someone's listening, found. just check it out and see if it yeah. works. It could be. <laughs> well, here's the deal with social media apps too. They test stuff. Like, oh yeah. As a, yeah, as yeah. a creator, uh, Facebook Creator Studio has changed like a hundred times in the last year. And some days, oh, yeah. um, and, and I haven't liked any of the changes. It's just frustrating. But some <laughs> days they just go back to the old way. I, I'm not even able to access like the previous. And um and, and so I'm like, okay, cool. They got rid of it. And then it'll come back the next day. And it's like, oh, they were just changing it. So um, I, she's so into it. Tiffany's actually checking on her phone. I am. I am. I'm a you tester. Just like marketing is testing. Like that's, that's all it quick? is. Here, I'm, I'm yeah. on it right now. So let's see. Um, I'm going to post on my Instagram, OMH agency, uh, breakaway testing. agents. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's coming up, but at least we can know if it's happening today. So. Well, I am mm-hmm. checking um, the person okay. who I saw who saw who I saw did it, and let's see. I oh, he's doing link in bio. Nope. Let's see. Wait, it's not working. Nope, it's not working. So okay, so false alarm. But we, w- I will look that up and see if that's uh, maybe if it's a date. only if you do it if you're using Instagram on desktop. Maybe, maybe. Okay. That could well, be what it was. It well, was let's, maybe let's get back in out of the weeds, but I, I am so excited about that. So like, that's, yeah. that's always the danger when you get a couple of us marketers on here. We're like, oh my gosh, is that real? And we got to like find this out. It's but... a lot bigger of a deal than people <laughs> might think it is. Yeah. Exactly. All that right. was like, is there a crack in the universe? Because I feel yeah. like that's what could happen. But... Hey, we wanted to wake everybody up in the middle of the interview. So <laughs> exactly, I, that was my way to do it. And there you go. Okay. So this is a great time though, because I'd like to transition into kind of my take on what we've talked about and your show, things that I see that uh, you're doing well, some areas of opportunity. Is that, do I have your permission to move into that phase? I'm going to grab my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Awesome. 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 Um, now again, I just want to remind everyone, you said your uh, one of the things I asked was, um, your vision and it, the mission of your show is what you said is to inspire people to be brave and bold in the pursuit of their dreams. And, um, so, and to it, before I talk about my take on it, I want to go over our four P's of preeminence. So, and that's the framework that I use when I'm 
when I'm thinking about and, you know, saying ideas and, and how I perceive things are going and what I think would help the show. But I believe that number one, you need to know your purpose, your why, mm. why are you doing the show? Number two, know your people really dial into your audience messaging. Number three is to optimize the promotion of your show, which you, you know, have a business built on that. So that's really mm. awesome. You do a good job in that area. And then to earn proceeds or profit to pay, especially for help. So you're able to delegate a lot of the tasks and be able to continually and sustainably produce a high quality show that like you're saying is the best of what we can offer. Um, mm -hmm. I really feel like uh, you're really strong again at um, your brand. Well, I don't think I've even brought this up before, but uh, number one, you really do produce it well. So the sound is good. Your intro is professional. Uh, I really like the branding, the visual branding, I think is spot on. I love that, you know, you've got your, your show art and then you've got your episodic art so that, you know, mm -hmm. we can see who's on your show and things like that. And everything's really professional right down to your mic is the same color as your brand. I know if you yeah. do transition, I'm sure that everything will still be okay. But um, right now you do have a red mic and it goes very well with the red and black, well, red and black mic. And it goes really well with your branding. So um, I also, when, li when I'm listening to your show, one thing, and we didn't really talk about it a lot because I knew that you were already really strong at it. And that's your call to action. I believe that as someone's listening to your show, they're getting to know you. I'm assuming that we're all bringing those listeners back. And so as they're listening, they're going to want to know what is that next step? What, what can mm -hmm. I do beyond this? I want to, I want to see you on <laughs> somewhere else. I want to meet you. Or yeah. I want to hear more about what you have to say because they know, like, and trust you from listening to your show. And mm -hmm. so I think a call to action is so important and you, you nail that just right at the beginning. Uh, and you do all that within the minute. So it's not, your, your intro and your call to action, all you've done within a minute, which is great. Cool. Uh, and then again, creating that meaning with your show guests, uh, so that they really are more likely to share, but also building those relationships. As we talked about beforehand, we've talked a lot about during the show is that the relationships really are the number one, uh, benefit of doing a podcast at all. Um, so, it, what's nice is you also get the added benefit that they share your podcast more. So mm -hmm. it, it goes back to that growing the audience. And again, I did mention this earlier. I believe you've got a really clear vision and it's um, you can see that through the results of the fact that you are attracting the right guests. I think it's really good. Any yeah. feedback on my observations about the awesomeness that is um, uh, that is uh, the Mike Depp podcast. <laughs> no, I really, I appreciate it. I kind of felt like I was back in school. I got a parent teacher conference and you sit there <laughs> and they give you all the good, but then all of a sudden there's usually something to follow. Like talks too much in just, class. Yeah. Talks too much in class. Yeah. Taps. I'm a drummer. So I always just tapping on desks that used <laughs> oh, to be in every report card. That I, but no, I think you broke it down. Purpose, people, promotion, profit. Um, I definitely do feel the whole reason I even thought to start the show was that heart tug that mm. I told you about. So I feel like thankfully I kind of took care of that early on, but you, you do have to check in with yourself and check some balances to make sure you're still on purpose. And I do feel strong with that. Love connecting with people. Um, the promotion, you know, I uh, sometimes will run actual paid ads. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I was doing it for a long stretch of, of time and not getting the results I was hoping to get. So I am reevaluating maybe I was, you know, the audience or what's in it and doing it properly. 
And that's mm. the cool part about doing social media ads is you get a lot of feedback on it too, to see what worked, didn't work. Um, and then profit as I, we talked about, yeah, I think you nailed on all of those. Um, the call, I appreciate you reminding me on some of it. It's funny. Some of it was thought out and some of it kind of, uh, you just tweak it over time. Mm-hmm, and sure. um, a lot of it was learned, you know, look, I'm a student of the game. So when I was looking to figure out what I wanted the show to look and sound like, I was tuning into people that I connected with. And I knew that I was similar to the audience that would tune into my own show, right? So I didn't copy people and say, oh, I'm just going to do this or that because they did it. But I would notice that there were uh, there were differences in in their show that made me think, oh, maybe that makes sense. There's a re what I'm trying to say is there's a reason they do it. I'm trying to mm-hmm. think of an actual example. Um, you know what it was? It was, it was the, the bio. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people um, just read the bio right at the top of the show. And actually the first show that I was a part of, the guy does that. And he just brings someone on and reads like he's staring at the notes with his glasses on and it, it, it just kind of disconnects a little bit. So one thing that I saw was, and I, I love like the late night shows like the Jimmy Fallon's and grew up watching Conan and stuff is like when they intro a guest, they kind of say like, Hey, our next guest is in the movie. It comes out Friday. It's called X, Y, Z. They've been in this. They have a Grammy mm-hmm. nod. They're one, two, three, four. Welcome to the show. Jamie Fox. Right. And he comes, he comes onto the show. So when I, when I intro my guests, you'll notice that I kind of do it in that form. The one mistake I was still making is it was too long because mm. it's like, oh, I just want to make sure that, that we get everything in. So kind of a something I re- reflected on that I want to share with the audience today is shorten up the bio. Your guests will appreciate it. You got to get them on in the light first, like sooner. And uh, you, did, which is what you did with me. You told me to shorten it up, if I recall, and gave you a shorter <laughs> bio. And um, so get your guests on the show. If it's not a guest, just get to the show. Don't have a lot of clunky, clunky beginnings. But then the cool part is, like Tiffany did, she's a pro at it. She took parts of the bio and turned it into the questions. So she was prepared. So if you know that someone was a veteran and lost a family member and you're interviewing them on Memorial Day, maybe don't say that in the bio. Save it for a question. It's an important thing that will be part of the show. But you don't have to go through their... LinkedIn bio for 12, yeah. 12 minutes, because even though that you feel like you're doing justice to the person who's, who's your guest, they don't want to sit there and listen to it. Number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, they want someone to actually listen to their story. And I'll tell you, if it's too long, you're going to lose almost everybody. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the, th- and I actually have this whole training that I do about the anatomy of a really successful show based on like my framework of how I love shows. And there's a lot of right ways to do it. So it's Mm -hmm. not like it's one steadfast, but one thing that I think is really important about reading the bio uh, for podcasting, I love your analogy of the late night shows, but when podcasting for me, there's a rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get on just like at the beginning, I said, Hey, Hey Mike, when I introduce you, I'm going to say, Hey Mike, and then I'm gonna give you a minute, like say hi. You yeah. know, so because it feels weird. Otherwise, everyone's like, oh, okay, Mike's here. Oh, he's not here. Is he here? Did yeah. you record this ahead of time? So as a user, that's how I always feel. I feel like there's this energy and it gets disrupted. And so, mm-hmm. but then yeah, beyond especially that, if someone's listening and not watching, they're not sure what the environment's like. Yet. Yeah. And so, so you're setting what I call the world of scene. 
Right. And so also then right after having that moment where I get to say like, this is what you've done. This is, there's such a dynamic between the host and the guest in that moment that I feel like it sets, it sets the plate. It's like, here, I respect what you're doing. Like you hear my voice saying, here are some of your accomplishments. This is who you are. I will tend, like, for example, if I were to prioritize keeping a short and concise intro bio um, over creating the rhythm that I want, I would have cut the bio even that we did in half. It would have just Mm -hmm. been like, this is Mike. He has a podcasting company. He does this, which is awesome and sounds awesome. And I'm kind of like a little jealous of not doing it that way. But I I have such a, what I've experienced in that um, dynamic is really powerful of being able Mm. to say like in their words, this is who they are and what they do. And then, um, and now I, up until next step nation, I've had two podcasts and I've only interviewed people who are not podcasters. And Mm -hmm. when they, so if you interview people who are not podcasters, it's 100% different. The whole thing. Is that a qualifier? Like if someone does have a podcast, you wouldn't interview them on there? If they were um, like doing business, the, but had their own show and you wouldn't interview for them on this, the business? For this show, you have to have a podcast. Right. I'm talking about that one. For, I'm just the, curious the about last your, one your was thought the real, on it. The last one was the real estate agent one. They had to be a real estate agent. And they had to produce a certain amount of, like they had to sell a lot, yeah. like more than everybody. High like performer real estate Very agent. high performing. Yeah. Yes. And then the one before was you, they had to just be a small business. And so I, mm-hmm. but I also interviewed Neil Patel, who's like, the SEO king of the planet. Right. And so, yeah, I know, Neil. so I just, and I would, and that was my first podcast and I just podcast because I loved it. I, and I always said, if all I did was podcast, this would be my dream world because I love that. And I, I really proved to myself that it didn't matter what the topic was. It didn't matter if they were telling stories, if I have an agenda mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of the fun of it. But when you interview, I want to get back to, if you interview people who, and we're right at that time, Mike, that I would let you go. So I want to, I want to move on. But before I do, I do want to say, if you interview people who are not on podcasts, they will be nervous. Like they just will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had an agent super high producing. He was on HGTV the week before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's on my show. Like, this is so amazing. I'm nervous a little bit. Like I always get nervous though, but, um, and so I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And he comes on and he's a wreck. Like, he's just like so nervous. And, you know, we do our pre-show and, and he was getting like more comfortable. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. look, this is not, this isn't a gotcha thing. I just want to lift you up and talk about how great you are and how you got there. It's like, okay. And so he's calming now, but he still was nervous. And by the time I did the bio and the, tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are. Those two questions at the beginning, whether you want to cut them out or leave them as a, as a way of uh, creating a mood, I would never not ask those two questions. Now I've altered that since I interview podcasters, I get to kind of shorthand it. I can skip it because typically they're not nervous. You know, it's like you show up, it's like they do podcasts all the time. Uh, They, you know what it is. I'll just say, it's like, know your, know your audience. And in this case, we're talking about the guests too. So like know the comfort level and understand if someone's a little bit more nervous, then it's okay to go a little longer with some icebreaker stuff. And if someone's done a ton of shows, the other thing, again, I'm not trying to say it's my, my way is the right way. I'm just a suggestion that I think of in the moment is I've interviewed people who've been interviewed a ton 
So I almost intentionally try to only touch on the the stories that they've been interviewed about over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I think like Amberly Lago, we talked about her accent with her leg and all kinds of crazy stuff. But then we went in like a whole other side of the story, um, which was really good. And I think that allowed her to enjoy it because yeah. imagine playing Freebird every day. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Can yeah. we just jam? Can we do a jam <laughs> session? So well, that's just knowing and having a good kind of producer cap of knowing who you're working with and like yeah. literally it's it's about the audience and I also really think like I want my guests to have fun I want them mm-hmm. to come on here and enjoy it and uh I'm not going to do it at the expense of our audience but you know just ask people that are the guests like questions that maybe they care about that the audience wouldn't care about it's a it's the whole dance it's yeah. like that's if they're well, comfortable and happy, they're going to be a better guest for your audience. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Their answers will be a lot more authentic. Okay. Right. So now I, I, I want to keep my next promise and we're already running a little bit late. So I, are you okay for like five more minutes? And yeah, I'll, let's do it. Okay. So we talked about what you're strong at and then, um, and then we talked about some awesome, you know, geeked out about podcasting and the structure of it. So, which was so fun and I could yeah. literally do that for hours, but my other promise was that I would give you some takeaways and some of the things that I saw just opportunity again, we're going from like, I love your show. I think you've got a lot of things going really well. These are just some areas you may think they're great ideas. You may not, but this is just my observations. Mm -hmm. Um, number one, um, I, and I say this so often, in fact, I feel like anyone who's watched this show, this hot seat series for, you know, more than like, two times. Every time I say this, I feel, but whenever someone asks you for the, your link, always give a consistent link. Um, and I know like I'm, my show is like a trick question. Cause I'm like, Oh, you have a podcast. Well, what's your podcast website? But, mm-hmm. um, I would just say like, no matter what, always give, if it's link tree, always give out link tree. Uh, yep. that way it's always consistent and, uh, and whatever you're optimizing it for. So like, let's say eventually that link has a full on blog post, you know, has a whole blog section or something like that, then you mm-hmm. have full control of it versus like Apple or another, right. Another site like that. So, um, that would be one opportunity. Um, and then also just making it easier, uh, to transition from listening to next steps. So as someone's listening to your show, um, I was trying to remember the beginning of it. I know that weren't that your main, do you know Thanks. what episode you yeah. listened to? I'm just curious. It was um, roughly. Yeah, let's see. It was the it was the most recent one. So okay. Yeah, just making it. it been, really... uh, you're talking about was this last week? So Chip Baker, um, or maybe it was Mary it was, Jenkins. It was a woman. Yeah. Maybe but it just, was today's episode. Yeah, with it Judy could have Skilling. been. I, okay. Yeah, I just listened to it yeah. this afternoon. It's like I always like it fresh in my mind. But now we've talked about a million things, so I feel like my mind's scrambled. But um, at the end of the day, I would just say whatever link that you give, uh, just make it really easy to remember and spell. Um, you know, so I think I heard. I think you spelled out your name. It's like, mukeduppodcast.com, which takes you to Linktree. Perfect. Okay. So yeah. that's that's awesome. That's yeah. ideal. Then. Just because I've. Linktree is not spelled linktree.com. It's like L-I-N period, whatever. So yeah. I don't even tell people to try to find that. I just say go to mikeduppodcast.com. Awesome. Okay, yeah. perfect then. The other thing is that with the show, you are at an advanced level. So usually when someone comes in and they're starting a podcast, I'm like, just do a basic build, you know, have your have your intro. It's the same every time. 
and then go into your show, I would just challenge you to consider different ways to introduce the actual content of the show within the first minute. So your in, I think that your intro and your call to action, it's a great length. Like you're not taking up too much time. I just mm. think within that first minute, somehow getting either a cold open or some kind of like, oh, I'm about to talk to so-and-so and da-da-da. And then boom, 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 your music comes in or something like that. Yeah. So that so that they're getting to know right away, oh, I totally want to listen to this, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So just engaging them quicker. Oh, great minds think like I was already considering <laughs> doing almost like a like how I do the video promo on the YouTube video. Actually, if you go to YouTube, it's not the same. You don't get the same experience as the audio only. You get like a teaser and oh, then it okay. says, it says coming up. Cause I realize on YouTube, you got like five seconds or someone's going to keep watching. There's so yeah. much content to just play around with. So it says coming up and it's like the high, the best one minute, two minute of interesting content. And then after that, it starts in the beginning of the show. But okay. I, I, I thought about doing that for the audio too. Cause you press play and then you get the set up and then you get the intro that I read, bringing them on the show. Mm-hmm. And then the guest comes on. It's like, man, maybe I can give them 20 seconds of, Ooh, that was really cool. I want to keep listening to this one. Well, and I would make sure like in your intro, you're really good about making it clear what your show's vision is, like what it is that you're trying to accomplish big picture. And so ideally you would have, you know, thinking the same way as YouTube. It's like someone's, you, you said it earlier, there's, there's so much competition in your space that it's like, should I listen to this one? Oh no. Oh, this is about mindset. Okay. No, that's, you know, so it's like, you want to catch them right away, but then you also want to tell them your vision so that they, Mm -hmm. you know, they're like, oh, wow. So I could actually listen to this and probably enjoy it for a bigger picture reason as well. And then go into your call to action and then go into the show, then you can get away with it. So, um, and then the other thing is that, um, it's, and it sounds like that last one wasn't a big shock. So I'm, I'm glad that you're already, that's on the radar. And the other one is, is really zoning in on your audience. I think that because your vision is so clear, you're, you're, you are attracting the audience, you're attracting the guests, but if you can just really say, um, you know, if, you know, making a decision, like really saying, if you have, failed. And now you're looking for a way to have a comeback story. Listen to this and we're going to get you back on it and then encourage you so that you can Mm -hmm. keep at it. Cause you know that you're going to fall down again, or, you know, just something to the effect of, um, some kind of what I call the audience promise, which is, um, you know, what they're going to get, what's their transformation. Yeah, They're going to, they're going to trust you because you have a vision, but they want to know that they're going to have a transformation. It's, it's an, it's a total marketing thing where it's like, you want to talk about results more than benefits. And so that's where that comes into play. And then even if the show could help anybody, like if you said, Hey, this is which you wouldn't do, but like, if you said, Hey, this is for pro football players who, lost, you know, lost all their money and went bankrupt within a year It's for you because this is yeah. a comeback story, you know, yeah. still moms are going to listen to it because they're going to be thinking, oh, well, if this is going to help football players, <laughs> you know, so I don't think yeah. you're going to lose anybody by, you know, setting your flag down and saying, yeah, I know, think I like that. If you don't mind me throwing yeah. in my two cents on it, is that like, so yeah, I definitely mentioned like the genres we're talking about entrepreneurs entrepreneurship comeback stories I've had on and I kind of list people their titles of different you know so you have a feel for what you're about to get into but it doesn't really 
give that like, well, the reason I'm doing the reason behind it, the reason I do that is because these heartfelt stories or people that get real and vulnerable on the show are what we can really learn from. If everyone just comes in and they're their shiny LinkedIn profile conversation, they're not, we're not learning as much from that person than someone who's really willing to kind of like pull, you know, let their hair down and just kind of be real about it. And so the show is about people getting real and maybe, yeah, like you said, a little 15 seconds before we get into the guests. I actually like the idea of me still doing the show intro. Like you said, you like that part, but before I read the bio, customizing it. So someone like I did happen to release an episode about a woman who's two, two and a half months into her marriage, her husband died in combat. Mm. Twenty three years old, I believe. She was 19. He was 23. Can you imagine being married to your husband for two months and he dies in combat? And mm. she actually had a dream where she she dreamt about him dying and seeing mm. him in a casket. And like two days after her dream, he was dead. Oh my gosh. So I'm doing that on Memorial Day. So I didn't know that it was going to come out on Memorial Day because I recorded it a little while before. Oh, wow. But again, it was just me if I would have thought about it a little bit better, take the extra five seconds to look at my calendar, I could have evaluated that I should not go into this regular intro. I should do a Memorial Day thing. And for five seconds, 10, 15 seconds in the beginning, say, hey, guys, I just want to remind you, the reason I do this show is because people come on to be real. Memorial Day is not something I don't like. Happy Memorial Day. We think about those we've loved and care about. We have a great guest to do that. And I could have Mm -hmm. set it up in a way where the audience is like talking with me and not yeah. talking at them. I think that's wonderful. That's a great insight. Well, and too, when you're looking, you mentioned earlier too, that you were struggling with like, how do I identify that person and who would that be? Because it's so many people, but I know one exercise that's really helpful is just write down the people that have contacted you because you know that those are not just the people listening, but they're engaged. They're like, this mm-hmm. meant so much to me that I wanted to reach out to you. And those mm-hmm. are the listeners that you want. You want to build you really want to focus on the loyal listeners. And earlier I talked about how to measure your audience and how to know if you're getting the win. My dream world is that everybody I talk to in podcasting, their win is something other than downloads. It's, you know, I had four people talk to me or I had people coming to my website who had never, you know, and saying like, I'm signing up because I just want to hear more, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, I just think, you know, really understand who is it that reaches out to you and just write a list and start to see what are their commonalities and, um, and then, you know, develop it from there. Um, and Mm -hmm. and especially your favorite people. So do those now, again, those are things that are going to, that are opportunities. So, um, but then I have my, like, if I was boss of the world, this is the third part of it. I shared what I love some areas of opportunity. Then I have like my, if I was a boss of the world and could make you do one thing, <laughs> are you ready for that? <laughs> I think so. Should I get a whole new sheet of paper? No, no because it always yeah. comes from the areas of opportunity. Okay. Um, and, and honestly, there are two that I was like bouncing between like, oh, and, it, and I'm always thinking like, what do I think would get you the most results that you're looking for the quickest mm-hmm. leveraging what you're already doing really, really well. Um, you know, number one, I do think an, uh, having the audience promise is going to help you because it'll help you do the thing that I'm actually going to recommend. <laughs> um, so I, I do think that, that the audience, the audience promise and, and identifying the target audience will be very helpful in this, but 
I think that to leverage the fact that your show is so professionally done, that your stories go deeper than normal, and it's not just the shiny LinkedIn profile that you're covering, I think having that cold open in the beginning or something that engages them would be the best Mm. because you know marketing, so you're doing the title, you're doing the description, you're bringing people to the show, but capturing them once they click play, I think is a way to optimize what you're already doing well. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Okay. No, no <laughs> good. it's good. I was already thinking that. And I just, you know, um, it's like anything else. It's a little extra work. Got to go back and, and, and reshoot it or re, uh, record it. No problem there. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think that is so important. And again, I encourage anyone who's listening to this, listening to Tiffany, that like we all can internalize and and take it and do something with it so she just spent her whole hour um (laughs) to help you and then also throw some insights at me and if you don't do anything with the information and i don't do anything we just wasted her time Uh, this is like one of the best worst yet you wasted your own time your your own time too (laughs) like i think terrible and mike's time like right so let's let's do something with what we just all took part in which this was awesome i I enjoyed it Good. Well, before we go, I want to make sure everyone knows, uh, as you're listening to this, everybody who's out there listening, go and check out Mic'd Up. You can look it up on your favorite podcasting platform. You'll know it when you see Mike apostrophe D up exclamation point. Like, so when you're doing the search, that's what you're looking for. You can also look it up on your favorite. Okay. So favorite or go to Mic'd Up podcast or socialchameleon.us. Mike, is there Mm -hmm. anything else you want to add or somewhere else that they can find you before we wrap? Yeah, if you guys are into like searching hashtags or following a hashtag, which I know is now popular, I also uh, always do the Miked Up Mondays hashtag, especially on Instagram. I know my last name is long. It's Italian. It's got a lot of I, O, and C's in it, and people always butcher it. So I would just go to like hashtag Miked Up Mondays. Um, Miked Up, you're going to see, if you, especially if you YouTube it, there's a lot of football stuff because the players get mic'd up, even though it's spelled M-I-C apostrophe D. It's still like algorithm wise, that stuff always shows up. So you got to do uh, either s- try to search for my name and the guest name and you'll find it if you're doing YouTube. But you could uh, go to mic.podcast.com and click right on YouTube because the link's sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. And if you're online, we'll have the links in the show notes as well. But if you're listening, I want to make sure to make it really easy for you to find him. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, sharing with everybody today. Thanks for having me. And this was an honor. Like, again, I I walked away with a ton of value. So that's your your why is really strong why you do this. And I love that you, you don't it's not just to hear yourself talk. It's to provide value for your audience and also your guests, which is really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to listening to more shows like this that you have people on because I know I can learn from them, too. Good, good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to get your feedback on that too. So um, thanks again. Thanks for being vulnerable. And as you're listening, just remember, don't be average, be brave, take action and make magic happen. Don't dabble, dominate. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening and happy podcasting.